Hello and welcome to the uh, Stabby Stabby edition of the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always kept safely away from sharp objects because I've been annoying her like only a little brother could is my dear friend Sarah. Hi Sarah. Hello Dan. Hello everybody. I, uh, you may recall, for those of you who were listening last week, spent a certain amount of time annoying Sarah by saying the word echo repeatedly, and um, I've kicked off in similar fashion today by teasing her about how I allegedly know way more about the UK than she does, because she just lives there while I've seen it on TV. Um, so it's possible at some point during the podcast that Sarah will read through the computer and strangle or stab me so if you if you hear that happening i just want you to know why um and i absolve sarah of all blame please do not report her to the police or have her prosecuted (laughs) thank you oh but dan i'm not gonna stab or strangle you because then who would edit the podcast Oh, I'm, I'm sure there's no shortage of volunteers. And, I mean, let's be honest, I'm the anchor in this thing. I just weigh everything down. Um, you know, <laughs> so... <laughs> trust me, Sarah, uh, you, can't, you can't turn around on the internet without bumping into someone who wants to just talk shit randomly to strangers. So you'll have no trouble replacing me, I'm sure. But... Before I talk myself out of a pseudo job, <laughs> maybe maybe we should catch up on what's been going on in the week of racing. Oh, it was it was well, the spring classic season is definitely over, Dan. Sigh. Well, sigh, but that also means that spring might have actually finally arrived. Now, correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong, but you actually woke. We were having a discussion yesterday about um, when May Day actually is. Apparently, uh, according to Sarah, who as I mentioned earlier, lives in the UK, so allegedly knows these things. The bank holiday's not till Monday, right? Yeah, the bank holiday's yeah. not till Monday. But May Day happens to be the 1st of May. So um, I was asking Sarah about Morris dancing. Uh, just to let everyone at home know, I actually have no fucking idea what Morris dancing is. I mean, it oh, sounds... so lucky. sounds stupid. But all I know is that if you say Morris dancing, Sarah reacts in a really horrified manner. Um, <laughs> and I think you can see where, you know, the base level of Dan being really fucking annoying's come from. <laughs> well, you know what, Dan? I know that Morris dancing doesn't involve bikes. But they do have something in common because they both involve bells. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Bells, fine. I don't know if I should. <laughs> uh, we had racing. Oh, you know what? I was previewing on Podium Cafe, as I am wont to do every now and again, the Festival, Festival Luxembourg de Cyclisme Feminine, Elsie Jacobs. And I love this race because I had I went in 2011, and so my memories are all rose-tinted of eating waffles covered with fresh strawberries in the sunshine, getting a suntan, happy, 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 happy. <laughs> and I failed to remember that it rained all <laughs> weekend. <laughs> so there was, there was four and a half minutes of sunshine, but uh, that was enough to feel like an entire summer. 
No, no, I mean, no, no, I mean, sorry, it rained all weekend, this weekend and last weekend for the race. Sorry, oh. I'm making no sense. Dear listener, I'm making no sense. I'm making less sense than normal today. So, yeah, uh, Luxembourg, it rained on them and it was very bad weather. And so my preview, which was all about happy, happy, joy, joy, was perhaps even less accurate than normal. So so all the riders and teams who had religiously read your preview and were really excited about the race and looking forward to it spent the whole weekend cursing you. Fucking Sarah promised us beautiful weather and fucking strawberries and we're riding in this shit. Oh, I wish it weren't like that. I really, really do. But it doesn't. Um, <laughs> it, was, it would be pretty cool um, to be able to toy with riders like that, though, wouldn't it? I would, I would happily write race bibles. Oh. Yeah, but I your race bibles, dear, would 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 be, an, and then you have to avoid the giant plague of snakes. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, I would actually commit to it and go get a plague of snakes. Oh, okay. So this is so you know, like last week, I, I was I was gleefully saying that you should be in charge of running the Manhattan World Cup. The the the, the yeah, New York I'm City. actually really disappointed in New York. You haven't called me yet. What's going on? Um, I, I kind of think they might have done some research and found out that you're the type of guy to introduce plagues of snakes into the city. Manhattan's an island. I don't see what they're worried about. And they've got alligators in the sewers. I mean, they're used to dealing with shit. And have you seen a <laughs> New York rat? I actually, I kid you not, was in Central Park and I saw a fucking New York rat chase a chipmunk up a tree. It's like one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it, it was just brilliant. Vicious little fuckers, those rats. <laughs> well, um, I would love to find some analogy straight through to cycling, but I can't. <laughs> not, without, not without calling someone a rat, so no. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Luxembourg, so Luxembourg. It's, it's, um, oh, it's such a... Both of these two races, Luxembourg and Gracia all over, I like this little haven of happiness you know like pretty much every week i go oh yeah and that race isn't happening oh yeah and that race is collapsed and these races are races that develop and grow and are lovely and it's brilliant and yeah happy and happy they are also a nice um change of pace as we transition out of the end of the spring classics because these are these are much more sprinty races aren't they well i i, I mean, no <laughs> oh okay cool shit well, fuck it. Well, I bombed early on this course. Uh, Luxembourg's three stages, and the first stage is a 1.8-kilometre time trial, individual time trial, that kind of um, bends through some streets in the, t in the little village of Mamur, which is just to the west of Luxembourg City. And um, it would have been one for, the sprit, one for the tracky types, except for the fact that it was chucking it down with rain. And... Yeah, and yeah, it never rains in types. track, and so track riders aren't, aren't used to weather. So exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, and then it's then the then the next two races. So stage one is basically the course of the former GPLC Jacobs, uh, which is a stage race. Which sorry, that which was a day race that started in two thousand and eight, and last year um, moved into being a uh, being being a stage of a stage race, and then. 
stage two is what used to be the GP Nicolas France, which started in 2010. So it's you know it basically started as a, as a, as a day race. So I think I'm I think I'm detecting a pattern where each year they start a new day race in air quotes. Um, and then a year or so later, it's just, oh, shit, well, it's just another stage. So eventually, is this a way of circumventing the UCI rules about not having stage races that go longer than um, 10 days? Because it's like, oh, no, it's not that we're doing a stage race that goes for longer than 10 days. We're just doing 21 one-day races in a row. That would be amazing, Dan. Shit, you're onto something. Seriously. Fuck. That would be cool. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, because well, that's what it was. It started off as GPLC Jacobs, as Jacobs, and then they added on GP Nick France, and then in 2011 they added on a team time trial, and then they decided to bundle it up in 2012 into a stage race. Mm. But the two stages, they basically um, the map has of both the stages has one great big loop. It's just they start the two different stages start on a, and finish on a different point of this loop, and then they do five local laps of a local route. So. Um, you know, stage one starts and finishes in Garnich and then has five laps of, the, of Garnich. Stage two starts and finishes in Mamur again and then has five laps of Mamur. So it's, it's fantastic for spectators as well because uh, our friend Roger was out there um, and basically he saw the race start and then he took his Brompton and rode the, the 9.8 kilometre loop, local loop, mm. and then he was then he was able to see the race at various different points while he made his way back to the finish line to see the end. And, you know, it's yeah. a really good time if it's not raining. Um, yeah. So, stage one. Completely chucking down with rain. And various riders tweeting afterwards about how they accidentally crashed, how they, how they, how they took a slightly wrong turn, how they ended up in the crowds, um, accidentally high-fiving people because it was very, very slippery. And so they prioritised safety over speed, but still fucking fast. And Annemiek van Vleuten won. Shocking. She won it last year too. Mm. Uh, yeah, so um, she's very good at these very short, hyper-short prologues. I mean, it's such a shame. Kirsten Veeld, uh, you might remember she crashed on Luke van Borsele and we were like, oh yeah, she didn't really cough too badly hurt. Uh -huh. Yes, she did. She's broken her shoulder. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. So no Kirsten in um, the Chongming Island World Cup. Mm. And also no Ina Teutenberg, who had a blog last week about recovering from her concussion that she suffered earlier in the year and sadly isn't going to be back on her bike until at least June. So um, we're thinking of you, Kirsten and Ina. We hope you both get better and sprinting races aren't the same without you. And yeah. Big, big missed, well missed. You two. I hope you're not in. Not hope you're feeling fine, recovering fast and well. Mm. Yes. So Van Vleuten won ahead of Mariana Voss with Nettie Edmondson of Orica AIS in third, and Laura Trott in fourth, and Emma, uh, Emma Johansson in fifth. And you know, one point eight kilometres. We're talking seconds, seconds between them in the GC. And this is possibly why Elsie Jacobs has. Uh, ending bonifications and I was confused about this because traditionally state GPLC Jacobs because the the five little laps at the end have got a pretty tough hill and a descent so every time they go around it you just basically shell riders off and because it's very very narrow twisting thin roads if you're shelled it's really hard to come back because you have to get your way back through the caravan 
and that's difficult and yeah and basically riders get pulled out at the um you know each lap finish if the jury decides they're you know too far behind so it's 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 usually you know it's been won by emma pooley um annemiek van vleuten uh, mariana voss people like that because it's generally comes down to a small group or a break or a solo breakaway um yeah or a bunch sprint well, it doesn't. It doesn't. It just doesn't. Bunch <laughs> no, sprint. sorry. It just I was, doesn't. I was just making a joke because that was the the only option left. Yeah, but <laughs> but, but, but it did come down to a bunch sprint this time. It came down <laughs> to twenty riders. Oh no! So by being dumb, I made myself sound dumb and smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's not supposed to come down to a bunch sprint and. And and it was a really, you know, it's just not supposed to come down to a bunch of sprint, God damn it. And this is why I love cycling, yeah? Yep. Because it's still unexpected. And this group of 20 had all sorts of riders in it, like Johansson and Voss and um, Elisa Longo-Borghini and, you know, and a whole load of good sprinters. As You know, it had all these interesting people. And so it came down to a bunch of sprint, weird, of 20, weird, and then Georgia Bronzini won it, which isn't weird at all if it's going to be a bunch sprint. But, you know, mm. Georgia, you're not supposed to win this stage. <laughs> mm. Something a little different. And in second place, and this is in a bunch sprint, was Ashley Norman. <laughs> uh, continuing her winning ways. She got, uh, she got a taste of the podium and she just can't let it go. Well, I, I, I'm so happy for her because, Ash, I would... Carl Lima put, something, put a quote on it about, like, if he had had to... Um, pick the podium he'd never ever ever have picked this podium you know even if he just kept yeah. guessing he just... what was it something if i had 10 million guesses i would never have picked this podium or something like that. Yeah. yeah and in third place was Kat- katarzyna palowska um who's a who's a trekkie and this is her first road season this is her first mm. proper international road season she's you know she's ridden some races with the polish national team before but she's riding for gsd gestion and this is her first road season and it's like that's such a weird pod. It's such a brilliantly, <laughs> brilliantly eccentric podium, shall we say? Like mm. it's just, it's just, it's just. I mean, I'm really. It's super, one of those things that makes you shrug and just go, "That's racing." Exactly, and Ash and Ash's husband, Carl Pacio, was tweeting or afterwards. Did I just see that Ash came second in a bunch sprint? <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I think it is? I think it's Ashley having, conf- I think it's confidence. You know, she came third in the flesh well on last week. And, you know, and, and she, she had that very honest blog about how, you know, maybe she should have gone a bit harder on the climb and mm. not been, you know. And, and it's like, it's like, it's, it's, I think it's a confidence thing. Well, I think that's it's, definitely part of it. Obviously, I mean, obviously she's on really good form to be yeah. competitive and, and have podiumed at flesh and and um to you know be second in this sprint um but yeah absolutely confidence and just you know that base level i really do believe like once you've had that sort of first i think it's why we put so much weight in cycling on what people call breakthrough performances or results Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. it's it's that thing of knowing that you can mix it with the best and when when you realize like like you say in ash's blog you know that that she's actually her thought has gone from am I good enough you know to compete at this top top level to 
holy shit, if I had gone harder the second last time on the mur, I might have got a gap, you know, or, yeah, you know, and, and so the, the question changes in your mind from can I to how can I, and that's actually a really important difference. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, it's, I'll come on to this later about, but it's also why it's, why, why women's cycling, I think, suffers from the lack of, of depth of, of races, because at the moment, um, you know, you've got riders. I, I, I interviewed Martina Brass a couple of years ago when she just joined um, then Dolmans, now Bowles Dolmans. And she was saying that it's really, really important that the team races some of the smaller races without her so that her, so that the younger riders get the opportunity to actually be on the podium and win. Mm. Because in the World Cup, you know, there were all these races where she, where Brass was the only rider from her team to finish a World Cup race. Mm. And that's normal. You know, you can have, I think in Binder, in Trofeo Binder, over half the field didn't finish. Yeah, yeah. And you there know? were a couple of the smaller teams where actually no one um, made it through. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah right in Omloop Neusblatt, you know, yeah. loads of, no, no club team rider finished that race. Mm. And that's really, that must be very hard. And, and Brass said, well, you know, she always tells the riders that when she was 21, she never finished races like that. Yeah. But it's kind of important. I think it's important for teams to get that balance of, uh, of of you know and and it's a shame that there aren't more races. I mean, one of the things I'd do if I ruled the world, I'd add in an extra level of because at the moment there's you're either a UCI team or you're not. Mm. Um, I'd add in. I've said this before, but I'd add in an extra level where you'd have like almost a world tour tour equivalent team, and they could they'd have privileges, but there'd also be some races they couldn't race. Well, yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of... I mean, it's basically the same setup as we see on the men's side with the World Tour teams and the Pro Conti teams, really. Um, you know, where there's there's um, different sets of races that, you know, they have different rights and privileges to access. Yeah. Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. So, um, so it's Ashley... So it was Georgia with Ashley <laughs> Palowska... And then Mariana Voss in fourth, and Emma Johansson in fifth, mm. and Mariana Voss moving into the leader's jersey. But the leader's jersey was determined by just a couple of seconds. Yeah, it was. Into was the final it, stage. I think it was five seconds, wasn't it? Yeah, four yeah. or five seconds, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Because I remember, I remember then um, uh, Rochelle Gilmore from from Wiggle Honda um, went on a, a bit of a Twitter binge and um, was obviously very excited about Georgia winning the stage um, and was talking about how it was so close that you know there was a chance on on the next day for her to take the overall. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because Simon Cope, the Wiggle DS, was saying, oh, yeah, if Georgia wins, she's won the race. And it's like, well, mm, if Georgia wins and Voss comes third and below, mm. Mm. which, I mean, bear in mind that I think Voss, this, Voss, I mean, when I, in 2011, Voss won this, what, the GP Nicholas France, which is the final stage. Yep. And she won it last year as well. And, yeah. Oh, maybe Van Vluten won it. But, but, you know, this is a race that she's really... That, that, that you're going, yeah, I can kind of see your point, but I wouldn't... I mean, yes. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't mortgage the house to... Yeah, wouldn't mortgage the house to bet on it, yeah. Yeah, it, it's one uh, of those ifs, because this is a race that's so, so Voss-like. But I guess the I guess the big unknown this year, though, um, that maybe put it more into question in people's minds was, you know, that Voss had been on that lightning-quick diversion to Sea Otter and back in the US. So, 
you know, you never quite know how that may or may not affect someone's form too. Yeah, 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 no, no, I know. Well, yes, except by that time she had come second in <laughs> the prologue and <laughs> fourth in the first stage. Well, yes, but this is Voss we're talking about, you know. She didn't win everything by three hours, so it was a little confusing. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah. So the final stage is all, is much more traditionally to be a bunch sprint, and it finishes with a... Uh, with a really technical finish, the, the, because it's got a very long sprint, a very you know nice long wide sprint uh, mm. finish. But just before that are a couple of really sharp corners. And last year, I mean, I'm so glad Bronzini won the first stage. Actually, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from her because last year she crashed in that final corner and broke her shoulder, and you know, and it was really. And that was a really, and that was really difficult for her because yeah. you know it, 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 Olympic year, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and but the thing is, is when you've got a when you've got a course that finishes with technical corners, Mariana Voss goes through those kind of technical corners faster than if it was straight. It feels like. <laughs> She's just, and apparently those in the um, Oracle AIS uh, in the Oracle AIS race report, it was basically saying that the race wasn't so much to the end. The race was to get to the corner first, mm. because you know, well, it, getting a clean line through the corner and and being able to accelerate out of it directly without having to navigate yeah. anyone else makes a huge difference. So yeah. yeah, yeah, and and apparently you know the the end result was as. You know, it was the same. It was the same end result as had got into the corner first, which was Mariana Voss winning with a really super long sprint, Bronzini in second, and Johansson in third. And mm. yeah, it was yeah, um, and because of intermediate, in, well, not intermediate, because of end race bonifications, that was the order of the final podium as well. So Mariana Voss winning her first stage race of the year. And she had a tweet. She had a tweet going, "Yeah, last year I competed to um, <laughs> last year I competed to win the World Cup, jer- you know, the World Championship yep. jersey. And I've already started <laughs> wearing it." Oops. <laughs> um, she's only actually raced for two days, I think, wearing it because <laughs> you know the, there was a, the first. <laughs> I don't even know if she started in in um, in the Ronde van Drenthe wearing it. Even no, I think she was wearing it in Drenthe. But yeah, it's like she 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 got to ride it in the Drenthe, wear it in the Drenthe act. She rode that, and then she got to, and then she's been the World Cup leader since then. So she hasn't worn it in the World Cup races. <laughs> and then after stage one, after the prologue here, she was in the leader's jersey. So yeah, Mariana. You might like those rainbows, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, she's doing she's doing the whole showing the rainbow thing wrong, kind of yeah. ish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know when people would talk about some of the men riders not not respecting the rainbows because mm. they don't compete in them. <laughs> <laughs> so you're trying to start a bit of polemica. You're you're going on record now saying that you don't think Voss respects the rainbows. What, because she wins everything? Because yeah. <laughs> she's winning everything she can to, to stay out of them? <laughs> Let's put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if she comes up with a specially paired design of rainbow shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to 
to seeing it. I really do. So that was Luxembourg. Uh, but meanwhile, on the other side of Europe, uh, we had some more racing going on. We did. We had Gracia Olova, a stage race in the Czech Republic. Mm, mm. Yes, and this was a pretty interesting stage race uh, for a variety of reasons. And um, particularly uh, for me, quite... uh, You know how they, they say it's never polite to laugh at someone else's misfortune? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that, and so I feel kind of really bad about it. But, but it, it's it's kind of one of those stories that's so unfortunate, it's just kind of funny. Because uh, poor old Russ Velo, uh, did they actually... They missed a stage, but were they actually removed from the rest of the race as a result? Yeah. Yes, yeah. It, yes, they were. They were doing quite well. <laughs> well, we'll come on to why it's all relative. <laughs> with this race they were doing quite well and then it got to the queen stage which i think is stage four out of six yep yep <laughs> and unfortunately and- it turns out that it's really 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 hard to start a, a race or a stage if you go to the wrong town Yes, which is what Ross Fellow did. There were two towns called the same name and their DS drove them to the wrong one. Which, <laughs> it is kind of funny, and I, but I feel vaguely guilty because that's got to be like the worst possible way, barring crash, to, to find yourself out of a race. Oh, well, I mean, even, I, I think, to be honest, I mean, barring hideous injuries, I would rather crash out mm. than not be able to compete because my DS had driven me to the wrong town. And the interesting thing is, is that A, there were a couple of other ride teams staying at the same hotel as them, and B, this has happened in previous years because basically there's two towns called the same thing that are in different places, and so they make it quite clear that you should go to the right one. So yes, that was the comedy moment. Mm. I thought mm. it was very, 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 very funny. Um, I probably shouldn't laugh, but you know, <laughs> you know what? I mean, I don't understand. Surely you look on maps. Surely you've looked at the course map and stuff like well, that. Yeah, you know, but, hang on a but minute. if they're both, if the if these two towns are both directly north and south, equidistant of the the place that you're staying, you could have accidentally had the map upside down and not realised. <laughs> like, it's entirely <laughs> possible. Um, yeah. It is one of those things that's kind of it is. It's funny and it's tragic and everything. But the main reason that I feel okay about it is because I saw Carl Lima tweet. You know that basically this was his worst nightmare come true, and he was so relieved that it hadn't actually happened. <laughs> it must be. You know when you go to a race and you, as a fan, and you're completely, completely freaked out in case what if I accidentally stick my camera out and hit a rider? Yes. <laughs> this must be one of those DS equivalents. You know, like barring running over one of your riders in the team car. This is like one of the worst things. It you really. Can do. I it's gotta I actually I really do feel so so sorry for the the poor DS I honestly do because I'm sure you know it's just a very genuine quite terrible mistake <laughs> but oh my fucking god 
I mean, the thing about Vasya Orobar is that most of the riders are in Luxembourg, and Luxembourg is a one is a two point one uh, category race. And technically, there is a higher UCI category for stage races. But as we've mentioned in the past, this is a category where any race that's called it seems to die hideously, and mm-hmm. there's only mm-hmm. anyway. So Vasya Orobar. So all the big teams are in Luxembourg, except Specialized Lululemon, who <laughs> raced Glacier all over. And they did this last year. And I am in two minds, and, and Netherland Blue, I think, had done it the year before. And I'm in two minds about this, because I think, uh, yeah, I have two minds about this, because basically the entire race was a huge specialized walkover. <laughs> yes. To say they dominated was, um, you know, occasionally they let someone, um, occasionally they let someone actually else actually get onto the podium apart from one of their riders. But yeah, it was a specialised Lululemon, oh, just processional. I think. Well, I think I'd 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 be more more concerned about that, except that it was also. Uh, the return of one beloved Evelyn Stevens to um, to racing since her yes. you know quite terrible accident, and so uh, on that completely arbitrary and highly subjective basis alone, I'm willing to give the entire team a pass and call it you know just getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, 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 and 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 I mean, I in an ideal world, this race wouldn't line up against Luxembourg because Luxembourg is a super race with you know great organization it's you know in honor of the first ever road world champion mm. it's it's a lovely race and you know i if i would always want teams and riders to race that one because i think they deserve it i think the organizers deserve the best riders in the world at that one because, but but glacier all over is also a really nicely organized race it's yep. hilly it's one of the few and that's the other thing is you you end up pitting two hilly race well (laughs) traditionally hilly races against each other but it's Um, also it's it's also interesting seeing um you know from from the perspective of you know this is kind of like the old um preparation for the tour kind of thing for for the boys where you know if you want a bit of uh, a longer race and a more hilly race maybe you take Gracia or Lova to prepare for the Giro Rosa um, yeah. over Luxembourg even though it's you know it's arguably the the bigger race yeah oh well yeah I mean and and and, and as with a lot of races especially in the women's peloton it's not necessarily the parkour that that that, that decide how tough it is it's the it's the it's the field and mm. you know and i mean yeah i as you say i mean i'm completely with you every this being every stevens's return to the peloton i'm yeah they get a free pass basically and plus they're very entertaining and plus other smaller teams get to get to race them and yeah, yeah. so ellen van dyke won the individual time trial sorry the prologue and then she won the stage two itt uh, Ev- and then she also won the Queen stage, and she was tweeting afterwards <laughs> that, uh, that that it was just like having her own team Sky pacing her up the climb. Yeah, and, and it's actually- really weird because then she released a press release saying that she was leading Team Sky for the tour, and then Evie released a press release saying she was leading Team Sky for the tour, and then Chris Froome released a press release saying he was leading Specialized Lulu for the Giro Rosa. And, and then it's, Chris Froome's girlfriend got involved. And, and, and had an argument, and it was, it's very, very confused at the moment, it's no, true. You know what? 
specialized Lulu lemon. And and you know the other thing about this actually is that this gave you know as we've said all season, Ellen's climbing has just improved this mm. this 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 winter. And you know this this Graciela is a hilly race, and if this gave her the chance to you know to to ride. To, to test what it's like climbing against, yeah. you know, some, it's not against bad riders because there's Tatiana Antoshima, there's Emma Pooley, you know, mm, they're not, mm. they're not, they're not, it's not a walkover. No, no. And but any, you know, yeah. So, you know, but, but it gave her a chance, but it, but, but also it's not going up against, I don't know, Orica AIS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just, so it is one of those things sometimes where you think there's a, a little bit of race preparation looking ahead to the Giro yeah, yeah. as well and, and a sense of, you know, it seems like a safe race to to try out some ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think we could see some quite interesting things given how well Ellen's going. Um, and as you say, particularly the, the climbing is just phenomenal at the moment. Um, we could see some really interesting tactics coming from specialists, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, during the Giro. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, and it's not that, and it's also it's set up. It's it's not like it's not like they're doing anything against the rules or mm. anything like that, mm. or even anything that's like even vaguely frowned upon because it's not. You know, no. that's how women's racing is set up. Yeah. Why not take advantage of it? So yeah, um, Evie had a blog on Velo News beforehand about about how it was a very touching blog actually, and as we know, Evie Stevens uh, came late to cycling. She hadn't really, you know, thought of herself as a cyclist. She left a very, very high-powered Wall Street Wall Street job. Very different world to become this nomadic, you know, no-wage, well, small-wage, well, I don't know what her wage is, to be honest. She's probably, you know, one of the, you know, one of the, she probably does quite well, relatively speaking, but, you know, mm. not when you're relatively next to working at Lehman yeah. Brothers and yeah, well, I mean, and she's still not on Mark Cavendish money, so, you know. No, 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 no. So there she was working for, um, if you don't know already, just Google Evelyn Stevens because she's so interesting. She, Her sister suggested she start, she rode a cross race and then she basically became, realised she was pretty fucking good at cycling and raced and joined Specialised. And so this is maybe her fourth season. I think so, yeah. This is her, so. This is a fourth season, but she said, but she's been on a pretty solid upward trajectory um, all the way through her career. Uh, last year, she won the Route de France and the Exige Tour and Gracia Oliva, and she and won. Wallon. She was one of the, she won Flesh Wallon in that amazing race, pipping yeah. Voss on the line, sprinting past Voss. Her attack up she, the murder way was just like that was a genuine chills down the back of my neck race moment oh. for me. God, that that end, that end game, mm. shit, that was amazing. Mm. Um, people, you know, and you know, and just fantastic. And she won a, a stage of the Giro Donna as mm. well um, last year, and she came second in the ITT World Championships. You know, she's really super, super strong, and it's just been getting better and better and better. And she's got in this blog, she talks about how she had a like, you know, she had a spreadsheet and a plan for how she was going to come back stronger and do better and da 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 da. da. And then she was caught up in a crash in Classica Cita de Padova, which left her breaking a load of teeth mm. and needing stick surgery. And and I think it must have been quite a shock because she's not a rider who's grown up crashing. Yep. And I think it must be very difficult for riders, you know, the riders who've come in to cycling to actually get used to that. 
so she said it was a bit like ripping off a band-aid coming back to cycling but that she's realizes how much support she's had from her team and her friends and family and yeah yeah um must and she's very... she's genuinely one of the I mean she's definitely one of the stars of the peloton but she's also one of the the sweetest nicest members uh, thereof as well and you know I'm yeah it was a very sweet story yeah and and poor specialized Lululemon I mean we we mentioned Ina being out in a really and Ina's Ina's like Ina's one of the patrons of the peloton you know she's and she's a she's like a you know. In the way that when you when you talk about Patron in the male peloton, you kind of have that Lance Armstrongy type enforcing a murder. When you have a Patron of the female peloton, it's more uh, it's more of a moral role. It's it's more of a moral role for a positive side. You know, this is someone who's not Ina's role has been in the last couple of years um, has been to not take shit from anyone. Mm. You know, and that includes riders, that includes race organisers, and to very much she comes across as one of the kind of old school trades union, you know, reps who who are just there to look after to make sure everything's fine and fair and good for people, not let other teams throw their weights around. Mm. You know, but but also there are all these stories of people who their first ever stage race they basically get yelled at to Ina to get out of the way. <laughs> And, like and and that's just the crowd standing by the road watching. Yeah, but, but I think I think I think it was Kristen Armstrong who said the first time she ever raced, ever was in a race, Ina came up behind her and basically just pushed her gently in a safe way out mm. of the path of another rider and said, "Look, you're riding dangerously." And she said, and she and she said it was done in a way that was very firm, but also very very kind of supportive does that make any sense yeah yeah like, well, it's instructional you know it's a yeah. it's a you know again i think i think that kind of um you know vocational trades kind of analogy that you made is is quite apt in a way where it is one of those like you've got a highly skilled laborer with a lot of experience who notices someone on the other side of the workshop doing something that's not safe and so they go and say that's not safe do this and you know, and in this instance, it was by guiding her into a better position or, or whatever it was. But you know, it's it's firm and it's definite, but it's not belittling or undermining at all. Yeah, and, and she's apparently a really a really good rider to you know really good mentor and yeah. And then Trixie Warwick breaking her collarbone mm. the other week. You know, I mean, Specialized have just had this awful run of bad luck. And it's not they're not the only team who've had bad injuries because it's been a horrible year this year with, you know, riders like Sharon Law, Brooklyn Laws breaking her back. Yep. And, you know, Issa Soderberg um, from High Tech is also out at the moment with a horrible crash. And, mm. you know, it's mm. just, it's been a bad year. But, yeah, it's been especially hard on Specialized as a team and... I, you know, I, it was, and they've, they've handled it. They seem to have handled it. You know, it would have been really easy to crumple. You know, if you were Ellen and suddenly you're the lead sprinter, which, you know, Ellen's a great sprinter, but you're also mm. pretty much the, um, the team leader. Yeah. <laughs> well, the team member most intact, I think, is what they called well, it. On. <laughs> yeah. There should be but, you know, there should be a badge for that. Actually, I think I yeah. think um, you know if you're um, at all friends with Specialized and um, and responsible for making the team badges. I assume every team has badges. Um, could you could you please make the most intact rider badge for Ellen and send it to oh. her? Thank you. Oh, 
Lovely, Ellen. So, yeah, so um, I can't remember I got to have it too. So, yeah, so Ellen won three stages. Abby Stevens won the first road stage. And um, Lauren Roney, their young Australian sprinter, um, this is how they raced it last year, actually. They, they kind of, once they'd got the jersey, the, the GC nailed down, the final stage was uh, was for last year. It was for Katie Coldcloth, and this year it was for Lauren, who got. Into, it's a sprinty stage. Got into a breakaway, um, attacked the fuck out of it, and won. Um, yay, Lauren! Um, the only so the only there was only one stage which wasn't specialised, and that was won by. And I'm, I apologise for maiming this name, um, Paulina Brzezna Benkowska. Um, you know, and that I mean that I guess that's a that's a really. You know, it's <laughs> that's a really fucking good, strong um, win. You know, you, yeah. you basically nicked a stage off Specialized when they're mm-hmm. going stompity stomp with their big boots. Yeah, um, the other rider, it was lovely. So the final podium was Ellen Van Dyke, Evelyn Stevens, and Emma Pooley in third place. Oh, your favourite! Oh, Emma! Emma's just such an amazing rider. Emma's Emma. <sighs> you don't know of Emma Pooley, Google her, Emma Pooley interview, because every interview she's ever given has been gold. <laughs> you should probably just set up a page on the site for, for people, just every Emma Pooley interview ever. Oh, man, we really should, shouldn't we? Oh, shit. You're going to love like... that. That's your midweek project, is set up a page with every video interview with Emma that can be found on the internet. Oh, it's not, it's not so much the video ones, but Emma is a... Uh... Emma's a ridiculously intelligent person. She um, is the re- one of the reasons that she's not racing so much this year is because she's finishing her PhD in geotechnical engineering. Um, <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> she uh, started cycling. She started out as a cross country runner and a triathlete um, at the university. And she was at the University of Cambridge. That's quite hard to get into. Um, and uh, yeah, Emma. Emma is very very. She's got this very dry sense of humour, very self-deprecating. So she'll say things like, when she won the Trofeo Alfredo Binder the other year, of course, it's a lot easier to beat Voss when she's not here. <laughs> Which is funny because it's true. And she has she has this thing about the Giro Donna the other year where I think it was a Bormio-Stelvio combination. I could have got that wrong. It could have been Bormio-Motorolo-Stelvio. Anyway, whatever two great big mountains next to each other and she's going yeah I was really happy with that stage because I realised that we could ride down the mountain afterwards to this really great place where you can get really great ice cream and I said this to my teammates and they just looked at me (laughs) (laughs) so and and we love Emma because Emma is um, allergic to the peloton Um, I think it's fairly safe to say that pack skills aren't her strong point um She's kind of the kind of rider who'd rather ride 70 kilometres in a solo breakaway than ride in the shelter of the pack. <laughs> well, it also helps, you know, because she doesn't have to talk to anyone that way, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think it's that, Dan. Well, oh. you said she was allergic to the peloton. I just assumed that was part of it. No, I think it's more allergic to people on bikes. I, I, I'm really looking forward to when she next goes up against Voss. We mentioned this last week, but she has an interview with her this year, this winter where we could go, yeah, and of course Voss tries to intimidate you and rides too close to you and stuff. <laughs> and she's like, does she? Oh. 
so it turns out in between um, bouts of writing her final thesis, she's actually going to the track secretly and just writing squeezed in between two people all the time. <laughs> Well, Pooley, I mean, Pooley, the reason, one of the reasons I really, really like her is she's not afraid to pull punches on such questions like why the UCI is so concerned with sea tangles, but not concerned with the fact that races are disappearing at, disappearing at a rate of knots. And Pooley just got really pissed off last year because, mm. um, as has happened for the last couple of years, she's left without a team at the end of the season. Marvellous. Um, and so she just decided fuck it, I'm just having a year where I'm writing for a small team and I'm finish, focusing on my PhD. She's doing a ridiculous alpine triathlon, which basically you, <laughs> you swim in an alpine lake and then you cycle halfway up an alp and then you run from the bottom of the alp up to the glacier. Well, I think it's actually a quadrathlon because then you have to tunnel into the glacier and uh, the winner's actually the first person to dig out a mammoth. Oh, but she is a ge geotechnical engineer, so that should be quite up her street. Mm -hmm. And she's also very short, and I've made dwarf jokes before, so it, yes. could, it could all work yes. out. So, you know, lovely, lovely, lovely to see lovely Pooley. Um, we probably won't see her going up against Stevens properly this year. Oh, except at the World ITT Championships. And Stevens is, Pooley is, of course, a former world champion, world ITT champion herself, so... Um, yeah, apparently this high TT, of course, has hills in it. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> That's got to be the worst evil laugh I've ever heard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no! You, you actually made it worse. You don't apologise for your evil laugh ever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the only thing that could have made a bad evil laugh worse, apologising. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, let's move on to the US. <laughs> no, 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 there's, there's just one more thing I want to say about Gracia Orlova. Okay. Um, Monty on Podium Cafe. So when I first started talking about writing about women's cycling, I, I, one of the, I, mean, I, I love Podium Cafe. It's brilliant. I think Monty writes the world's greatest race previews. He's very, very funny. But he also finds the best random bits of information. And he was looking on Glacier All Over, produced these really interesting um, race bulletins, which include the disciplinary things awarded to riders. And <laughs> for the final one, they had, um, here are two of the things that would, riders were disciplined for. So, Alina Amielusik, of B Pink was elected Miss Gracia Orlovar and is obliged to attend the final award ceremony after stage five to receive an award. <laughs> yeah, Miss um Miss Miss Gracia Orlovar, that basically is the prettiest rider award. Mm, uh -huh. I think we should institute that in the men's peloton. Um wow, that would well yeah, but I mean basically you're just gonna give that to you know one of the Italians every time, aren't you? Well, I don't know, but um, I'm sure we could find a couple of people on Twitter who'd be happy to judge it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's sad, but true. Yes, and then in stage five, there was a rider disqualified and fined 100 um, Czech units of money currency. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It says CHF. I don't know what that is. No, isn't that that's um, Swiss francs, isn't it? CHF? I, yeah, maybe it's it Swiss is. francs or something. Swiss francs? Um, 
but she was fined and disqualified for attempting to be placed without having caught covered the whole track on her bicycle. What? Indeed. Without having covered the whole course. So I think Oh right. She... So she like she cut a corner somewhere sort of thing. I think or maybe she was maybe she hopped into the team car and tried to, you know, hop out at the end and hope no one would notice. <laughs> no, surely not. Well, that's what it says in the race bulletin. So uh, yeah, but you know, that's written by officials and stuff and you know me, I'm Australian, I have a deep seated mistrust of anyone official. Unless it's you. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I refer you to the very name of this podcast, unofficial and unsanctioned. Thank you very much. So, should we head over to the USA? I think we should. Um, in the USA, it was the Joe Martin stage race, and I refer people to Meredith Miller of Tibco's blogs. I mean, Meredith, we talked about her last year in the, in the um, social media jersey for her fantastic race reports and blogs and photos, and she covered that about Tibco. Mm. And that's quite lucky, because Tibco treated Joe Martin pretty much in the same way as Specialized treated Gracia all over. Um, Joe Martin Stage Race is a four-stage race in Arkansas, and it was the first stage with an ITT, won by Tibco's Claudia Hauschler. And I'm always happy to see Claudia on the podium. Claudia had an amazing, amazing... She was, when she was about 21, she won the Tour de Lode, she won the Giro Donna, she won everything, um, and was really going really, really well in Cervelo testing. And then... Just before the Australian World, Champ World Championships held in Australia, she crashed in the Giro Trentino and had a horrible, horrible, horrible head injury that basically took her a long time to recover from. And she's never got back to that former glory. But hopefully this is the start. She's known for her ridiculously wide smile. She's a really super friendly, really friendly, lovely rider. And yeah, lovely to see her win. Excellent. Uh, Shelley Olds won the, the Tipco Sprinter, won stages two and four, and they basically were doing everything they could to stop Alison Powers of Now and Novartis from taking the from 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 taking you know from basically taking point time off of Claudia. Mm. They were in a really clever race. Um, Joelle Newmanville won the other won the other stage, but yeah, it was uh, Tipco to the top, to the top, to the top, to the top. And Claudia Hauschner winning. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. To the top. To the top. Uh, in Australia, they've also had a race in the um, in, in your National Road Series. Yes, uh, the Tour of the Mersey Valley in Tasmania. Yes, indeed. Beautiful racing. Beautiful racing. Beautiful country down there, too. Tasmania is uh, one of the more lush and verdant parts of Australia. So, Isn't, isn't it also known for other things? Um, like, uh, they produce a couple of pretty decent beers down there and some excellent wines and some amazing cheese. Is that what you okay. refer to? I thought there were jokes to be made about Tasmania. Oh, right. You know, so, for example, if you wanted to call a part of the country the um, incest capital of Australia or that sort of thing, yeah, things like that. Right, right. Some people have been known to make jokes like that upon occasion, but um, I thought we were going in a new direction, Sarah, and that you didn't want me to lower the tone. <laughs> no? No, you want the tone lowered? I can lower the tone. 
no, no. I, 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 I stand. Um, I stand. Uh, told off. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Tasmania is Tasmania is great, and um, yeah, by all accounts, this was some some truly excellent racing. And there was a video in particular that uh, I think you wanted to make mention of. Yes. Yeah, there was there was video from each of the three stages that turned around very very quickly. Mm. That's, that's from the Cycling Australia um, YouTube. Really great video. Really just excellent. Really beautiful. You know, nicely shot, but really telling the story of the races. You know, it had it had really. You know, they 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 kind of interspersed all the way through with right. You know, little rider little sound little rider interviews and mm. riders talking about the story of the race with clips of the races. And I loved it. I thought it was done so well. And so. Um, I absolutely agree, and it's one of those things that, for me, it comes back to... I know I say this a lot, and I know it's one of those things that that might even sound like I'm just making it up, but I swear to God, it's really not that fucking hard (laughs) to do this well, you know? Yeah, and and, and they did it really well. mm, mm. It's not like they have a big bag of money behind them. I mean, no, I mean, it's clearly supposed to, but it's not. No, it's clearly you know a simple production in terms of you know stripped down. But as you say, the key thing is it tells the story of the race, and it does it in a smart way. And the the fact that the the stages were up so quickly, um, it's yeah. Look. I'm not saying that this needs to be the the blanket format for every race, but you know I hope somewhere that that race organisers are paying attention to what other races are doing and are recognising that there's mm-hmm. opportunity to to borrow ideas from each other and and collaborate yeah. and work together and and that sort of thing. Because somewhere yeah. there's 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 someone who spent a few days in Tasmania tooling around with. Uh, uh, um, portable laptop and and editing video on the fly and posting it to YouTube. Who who gave the world access, quite beautiful access to a race. Yeah, and it's a race that I mean I I mean it's I I love Australia. Obviously I'm British, so romantic feelings about Australia having the Australian media indo- in, indoctrination from an early age, what with neighbours and home and away. Um, I, Which but, uh, but, you know, uh, some of our greatest documentary series ever. <laughs> No, that's Kath and Kim, isn't it? I, I said some of. I wasn't, you know, excluding oh. others. Yeah. Um, um, and if you ever and, get uh, if you ever get a chance to see, um, uh, we can be heroes. Uh, that's also that's also a pretty good uh, insight into the Australian psyche. Yes, I mean, but but you know, it's like it's it's this is a this this is a the the pro riders is a it's a bit like you know it's a bit like British racing the pro riders are all in uh, are in Europe so I, I it's not a race that I would have really been interested in <laughs> I, I I understand what you're saying but I'm sorry I can't help but note the absurdity the inherent absurdity of you saying that the British riders are all in Europe <laughs> no, the pro riders you said <laughs> yeah no riders. no I know I know but you know Britain, I said like sorry Britain's sorry part I'll of say, Europe like, no 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 I was going to say like okay. <sighs> Oh, I hope you know what I mean. I, was I, did, say I did know. I, I totally understood what you meant. Um, I'm just commenting on the, the, the humour of the wording. Yes. Well, anyway, I I think it, it really caught my attention, the videos, and it was mm. great. Indeed. And uh, on that note, if, uh, like our dear friend Baseface, um, you, do you want me to pause for a moment so you can brag about that? No, no. I'm fine. <laughs>
Um, you know, is is great at turning up videos for us. Please, if you do see um, cool videos um, of races, uh, drop by, share them with us. We we like we like video. Yes. Um, so the, the the Mersey Valley Tour stage one, the ITT was won by Rebecca Wiasek. Um, stage two was won by Samantha De Ritter. Um, De Ritter, De Ritter. Um, I really liked her interview where she's going. I haven't ever won anything before, not even a club race. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was really hoping that she was going to say like, not even a, a lucky dip prize. <laughs> <laughs> It was adorable. Yeah. And, you know, she won in a solo. She won in a solo move, and then stage three was was a bunch of four riders won by Gracie Salzberger, mm-hmm. and with Catherine Garfoot winning the whole race overall. So yes, lovely, 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 lovely. And in Britain, there was a day race, the Cheshire Classic, a one day race, um, which was won by Carla Body. So yeah, of MG Max Gear. So yeah, happy. Awesome. Massive, massive amount of racing there, Dan. Massive amount. Huge amount, but that's excellent. And speaking of uh, UK racing in particular that's coming up, there is a race that is near and dear to our hearts that is happening very shortly. Yes, if you're in the UK, um, go to Bedford, the Bedford three-day. Yes. I know. And I don't, care, I don't care where in the UK you are, okay, because I drove from Brighton to Glasgow in a day. Um... Well, actually, just north of Glasgow. So you can fucking go to Bedford, all right? Just you go to Bedford. I don't care where in the UK you are. Go to Bedford. I was just going to say, I know it's going to be really annoying for anyone not in the south of England. <laughs> <laughs> no, I accept no so excuses. If you live in the north, and if you live in Scotland and Northern Ireland, um, you have a pass. No, you don't. No excuses. I accept no excuses. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the Bedford, Bedford Three Day is uh, is a lovely race. Um, it's it's going to be a load of fun. It's part of the Stand Back Women's Cycling Initiative is to get lots of people there. Mm. Um, just go. It, we'll put the link to the lovely little website online, and they've got a great Twitter. And yeah, go to Bedford. Wasn't go to super Bedford, sweet? people. My man crash and our good friend DS Steph Wyman uh, actually whipped together a, a nice little site for the Bedford three-day just to make sure we had all the access that we needed to the information yeah. uh, about the race. So, um, yes, if you're yes, in the UK, um, and actually, you know what, if you're on the east co- on the west coast of France or Belgium or the Netherlands, then you don't have excuses either. Go to Bedford. It's probably easier to get to Bedford from Belgium and France than it is to get to there from Bristol. Well, that's a... That's a really sad comment on the state of it's British Rail. Cheaper. <laughs> I accept zero excuses. Oh yeah, um, yeah. We'll put the links to the Bedford Three Day site on our website, mm. prowomencycling.com, with all the links and all the videos we found this week are already in a post up there. So head on over and have a look. And yeah, it's good times. Um, another site we like this week is a Sydney-based site from the UK to Sydney, Dan. Yeah, um, interesting. This one's been around for a little while, but I hadn't seen it before. I'm not sure how it um, it stayed off my radar because it's it's a pretty cool site. It's called Women Who Cycle, um, and it's administered, run by uh, a lady based here in Sydney, 
Um, and it's a great mix of stories of how she got into cycling and started riding with clubs and and that sort of thing. And it's you know it's a great story of of her own growth, but also over that time her passion for cycling in general's grown, and so her interest in professional cycling and. Um, how we found her during the week was uh, she did a, a great interview with Dr. Kimberly Wells, uh, who some of you may remember from the start of the year. Uh, Kimbers, as she likes to be called, uh, won the Australian National Criterium Championship. Uh, she's riding with the Femme Free team in the US. Um, it's a new team. And uh, yeah, so there's a great interview on their Women Who Cycle. Yes, and yeah, and one of the things I liked is is they they talked about she's it's kind of gone a bit. I think it's like cycling's taking over her life, but they've joined. But it's things like they've started a racing team based in Sydney's inner west, which has a junior, t- you know, which has a little junior girls team as well, and it's just it's lovely. I really love this site because it's someone who's sharing her passion and mm. just it's just great. And you know, she's talking. She's she's. Talk, you know, go, talking to Aussie riders, and it's just inspiring. I'm really, I love it. So yeah, um, head on over. It's it's fantastic, and yeah, and you can also um, you can also fo- um, you can also follow Nicola on Twitter at at Women Who Cycle. Strange. Um, you oh, know. very 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 Aussie. I particularly like on her contact me. If you want to send me something to review, I would be happy to receive it. But please keep in mind that I will be honest about my reviews. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, if you want to give me shit to review, that's fine. But I'm going to tell the fucking truth. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you've given it to me doesn't mean I'm gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, love it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so unless you can handle me saying it's shit, don't give it to me. All right. All right. There's just no point. No point. I'm not saying it is shit. It might not be shit. You could be lucky, but unless you're confident that it's not shit, or you're willing to let me say it's shit, then don't give it to me. <laughs> I'm sure Nicola sounds a lot better than me when she says it, though. <laughs> Probably doesn't swear oh. as much either. She seems like a nice lady. I don't, <laughs> dear Nicola. I hope for your sake you don't have as deep a voice as Daniel. That's a bad sign. And the funny thing is, I've had like two or three people in the last couple of weeks tell me that they, my voice was much higher than they thought it would be. I don't know what's Hello. going on. <laughs> can you do it? Can you can you do the hi? I also I've also been told that best. I sound I sound um, what was it? Someone someone the other week told me that I sound like I'm 26, which made me think of how stupid I was at 26, and also you know made me feel youthful and happy. Someone last week told me that they I just, I can't remember how they put it, but they were basically saying I sounded a lot older than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I didn't say decrepit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> ugly irritating yeah there could be much worse things if um, you would like to tell us what you think we sound like <laughs> email us at prowomencycling at gmail.com <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you want to send us stuff to review <laughs> we promise to tell the truth too no that's a joke um, um, oh speaking of stuff this I'd love to review, but don't have the. 
I'm not really begging for it at all, but I just wanted to share it with you, dear listener, is um, Specialised Lululemon. You can now buy their jersey. So is this the part where I'm meant to mention that it's your birthday soon? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Seriously, I'm just saying. Or if you would like to send Sarah. People, do you know how many people come to our blog, Dan? Type Googling for... Where can, you know specialized Lululemon jersey for sale? I mean, we get at least we get we get like a couple of hits off that every week. People are looking for the specialized Lululemon jersey, so I'm just telling you, you can find it at their shop. Um, free international delivery only for women, I'm afraid. Oh, that was funny. Someone was saying it was a bit ironic that they only do it that they're only doing it for women, which I thought was really, really, really typically blokey. Well, I think I, I think my comment on Twitter was all very petite men, so you know. Yeah, yeah, but no, yeah. I mean it's it's you know I can't even name how many men's teams only do stuff you know only do stuff in men's sizes, and men aren't complaining about that. But you get one team making their jerseys <laughs> women only because they're a women's team. <laughs> Uh, apparently there will be more things following later they will yeah. have stuff for men and t-shirts and stuff so dear gentlemen if you're feeling left out uh don't be keep checking back to their store at velociosports.com <sighs> uh, and if if um you're worried that someone else has already by the time you've finished listening to this podcast bought sarah a jersey don't worry you can buy her a spare one and if you're the third person listening, you could also buy her a picture book which names all the parts of a bike. <laughs> or better yet, some kind of jigsaw puzzle that she has to put together. Oh, I love jigsaw puzzles. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If I, I'm not asking people to buy this for me. Although, you know, I will be honest about it in my reviews. But, no. If you find a jigsaw puzzle with all the bits of the bike in it, I will love you forever because I definitely buy that. If you if you find her that, I will actually buy it. If only for the podcast, the inevitable podcast episode that will come in about four months' time, where Sarah will come on weeping, going, "There's a piece missing," <laughs> and I'll say, "I'll say which piece," and she'll tearfully go, "I don't know." <laughs> It's the one that connects to the thing. (laughs) Is it the crank train? I'm not sure. I'd be able to put together a bike jigsaw puzzle because I have got very good spatial awareness and jigsaw well, puzzling skills so yeah, it might yeah, need I'm the sure. names of the things written on it too but yes I was going to say I'm sure you'd be able to put it together but I, I don't think you should ride it when you're done <laughs> well Dan who'd ride a jigsaw puzzle god <laughs> uh, Two more things to look out for on the net. I liked the interview of Mariana Voss on Cycling News where she was talking about the difference between mountain bike and uh, road where she had like the kind of how to win at mountain bike which was almost worthy of Dan. Um, she, said, uh, she said it's more freestyle, more relaxed and more individual. And then she came up with a Dan-esque piece of advice on how to do well at mountain biking. If you're good and have no technical problems, you finish in front. I don't understand why you're mocking that. It works. Uh, it's exactly what she's doing to win races. So. Oh, God. Yeah, I'll, 
I'll, you know, I'll just put that into my tactic. I didn't tactic say book. didn't say it was the only tactic, but if it works for you, why would you mess with it? <laughs> um, the other thing to keep an eye out on, and by the time this goes up, it might actually be out, is we should get the um, announcement of this year's Giro Rossa route mm. this week. Yes. Um, the Giro Rossa is the rebranded Giro Donna. It's the only women's stage race allowed over seven stages um this year eight rather than nine which is a bit of a shame but hurrah it's not being cancelled exactly we'll start there and also from here on out each year we're just going to add a one more day race like just a one day race at the end every day until we get up to 21 race days in a row oh that'd be amazing yeah but we do need to have rest days dan okay well see that's even easier then we can have a couple of days off sweet oh amazing um the other thing i want to say now this is very very geographically specific so apologies to anyone who doesn't live anywhere near london which includes me but um if you have ever thought that you'd like to work in women's cycling media there's a really interesting job going at the moment um you might know i write for a website called totalwomenscycling.com and they are advertising currently for an editorial assistant. Um, it's a lovely, lovely, friendly website. It covers a huge range of women's of cycling from mm. the race reports, which I write, through to cycling for people who've never really picked up a bike before. Yeah, it's one of the things I actually really like about the site is like it's called Total Women's Cycling, and it really is. It's everything from commuting to different racing disciplines to riding for fun. You know, it, it's it's comprehensive and it's completely inclusive, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, they've got like a section for riding with your kids, and you know they had something about someone talking about how she returned to to racing after, you know, after having a baby the other day, and they have you know cycling races style, and you know, and it's it's a really sweet site. It's very friendly. Um, they developed a really nice community. So if you know of anyone who wants to who wants a job, get them to send their CV in. It looks to me like they're going to be more as as interested in your abilities to talk about cycling as they are about your journalism experience so um yeah apologize if it's apologies if it's already been <laughs> closed but we'll put a link on our site because it's lovely they're a really friendly bunch and i recommend it mm. but it's also really nice because it's nice that the, um it's run by empora who do a load of like mountain bike and adventure sports magazines and it's really good to see them expanding because you know it's 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 only only started this year lovely that they're that they're growing and that there's a and that there's a market for it you know there's in britain there's also a, a separate um women's cycling magazine apparently and you know it's just that's come out this year and it's just nice that it's nice to see people taking women's cycling seriously but also that to demonstrate that oh my god there is most definitely a market <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and it's a big market, and it's a market yet to be uh, fully engaged. So yeah, mm. hurrah! Cool. Um, is that is that everything on your list? I think that's everything on my list. That's everything on my list. Well, then I guess this is the point in the show where we say goodbye. Well, thank you very much for listening, and come back next week where hopefully we'll tell you all about the Giro, where they're going, who's riding, and what's going to happen. Hint: It'll be in Italy. Oh, hint. I wish we were too, but never mind. Um, it's going to be superb. Uh, yeah, and good luck to all the riders. <laughs>